Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. Uh, it is about 22.01 in the morning on the 5th of November as I record this, which is due for release on the 6th of November. And uh, for the last couple of days, I've been absolutely glued to the US presidential race on CNN. Now, this is by no means a political podcast, and I'm not going to express any kind of preference for any of the candidates involved, but uh, I've been on annual leave this week, you know, had a week off, had a lot of leave to use up in work, and they've been encouraging us to take time off before our our leave year runs out, so we can't really carry forward to the next year. So I decided to take five days off in November, why not? And uh, yeah, I found myself watching CNN and watching John King playing an absolute stormer, uh, reffing it down the middle there yesterday. I was up till about 4.30 a.m. in the morning, and I just thought the coverage was excellent, so detailed, the analytics, the the depth that they went into with the various different uh, voting patterns of people across all the different states and all the different counties in the U.S. It was fascinating TV. I couldn't take my eyes off it. And again, today I've been watching it still. So had a few cans watching the election as it um, as it plays out. And Wolf Blitzer as well needs a shout out as well. John King and Wolf Blitzer playing a stormer there on CNN. Um, but yeah, this isn't a politics podcast, but that's what I've been up to over the last couple of days. Uh, but also, you know, I've got a podcast in the can, and that is with Stephen Waddle from Oath, uh, the Scottish-based metal, uh, I'm going to say project rather than band, as I discussed recently on the podcast. It's it's really just Stephen involved in it, uh, although he has enlisted the help of uh, Trevor William Church from Haunt, which I also went into recently as well, um, and I'll get into that in greater depth in the episode, but it was a great chat with Stephen. I really enjoyed it. And there are some interesting things coming down the line from Oath, which he does talk about on the episode and which I'll reveal later at the end of the podcast as well. Um, So that's coming in a few minutes. Uh, But first, I just want to get to some heavy metal news, tidbits, whatever fucking uh, thoughts at the top of my head as I sit here with about four or five cans of Guinness in me on uh, a late uh, Wednesday night, early Thursday morning while I'm on annual leave. Uh, so um, I would like to just uh, say thank you to Melissa who gave me a shout out on her podcast and that is Metal Chat with Melissa. So Melissa is a heavy metal fan who is from Boston. Uh, she said she liked my accent on her podcast. Thanks, Melissa. I really enjoy the Boston accent, I must say. Uh, so Boston, Mel- Melissa is from and she's been a fan of heavy metal for a long time now, seen Iron Maiden countless times, uh, shares quite a lot of um, bands <clears throat> with me, bands that she'd be a fan of. We've gone back and forth on Twitter a bit and uh, I've been enjoying the episodes of her podcast. She's three of them released currently, so that's Metal Chat with Melissa. So thanks for the shout-out, Melissa. And if you're a heavy metal fan and you enjoy this podcast, maybe give her a try as well. Uh, it's kind of down-to-earth. She talks to her friends, various different people, uh, gives her thoughts on heavy metal. And it, it focuses a lot <clears throat> on Iron Maiden, which I'm a big fan of, obviously, as you will all know. <laughs> Listening to this podcast, she initially planned to do an Iron Maiden podcast, but... When she found out about Talking Maiden and Nesbitt and Josh were already doing a podcast, and they, they, they had almost taken her idea that she had for her own Iron Maiden podcast. But now she has a, a podcast focused on hard rock and heavy metal and, and the music she likes, and she has different guests and things like that. So give Metal Chat with Melissa a listen if you're interested. Uh, I'd just also like to mention Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden podcast as well. Steve is from Texas, and he has done a load of episodes. Um, it didn't start out as an Iron Maiden podcast, but he is, he's deep into his... Um, Discovery with Iron Maiden at the moment. I've been back and forth with Steve on Twitter recently as well. So uh, if you're listening and you are having withdrawal symptoms maybe from Talking Maiden, like I certainly have been, try Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden podcast. Uh, Another Iron Maiden podcast and person I've interacted with on Twitter recently is uh, Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. Wayne is from Birmingham, has a very unique approach to his podcast. To be honest, at first I didn't really quite get it, but um, the more you listen to it, the more you will understand the uh, type of podcast it is it it's with a kind of dry sense of humor uh, Wayne is, is from Birmingham I don't know if I said that and um, he has his own unique approach to a podcast various different characters popping up and just a certain type of wit humor and approach that he takes with his podcast so three podcasts you should check out if you are interested in heavy metal Iron Maiden or you're a fan of this podcast and you want to spread your wings a little and listen to a bit more um I should note, yeah, I've been talking about Twitter, so my Twitter handle is at Feckin' Metal Cast. That's at F-E-C-K-I-N-M-E-T-A-L 
C-A-S-T, on Twitter. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, I'm still using the main account for the Feckin' Check-In, which is the parent uh, podcast for this podcast, and that's at Feckin' Check-In on Facebook. Or if you'd like to email me personally about this podcast, about anything I've discussed, or maybe ideas for future guests, or maybe bands that I should check out, whatever, uh, it's feckinmetal at gmail.com. That's F-E-C-K-I-N-M-E-T-A-L at gmail.com. So, <clears throat> yeah, social media out of the way. Um, also, my co-host from the Feckin' Check-In, Toomey, uh, we've been on a break recently for a few weeks, although we're going to be back soon. Uh, he has launched his own side project from the Feckin' Check-In Podcast Network, and that's called Feckin' Football. Uh, I will say that it's about football, as in soccer, rather than football, as in American football, as I know I have some American listeners. But if you're interested in soccer, Toomey uh, talks about it and the weekly happenings in football. I'm not going to say soccer anymore. Football... Um, Mainly the Premier League in the UK, but he also talks about League of Ireland and La Liga and uh, other leagues as well. And Toomey does it with his uh, traditional sense of humour and wit and charisma that you can hear, uh, obviously, in the original Feckin' Check-In podcast. So if you're interested in football, uh, give Feckin' Football a check, as well, a check. Give it a listen, whatever. Uh, check it out, maybe. That's what I wanted to say as well. <clears throat> I've got a bit of a cough this evening. Apologise, a bit of a wheeze. Um, but yeah, so that's Toomey's new podcast. It's on the same feed as the Feckin' Check-In, which is also the feed that Feckin' Metal is on, and Feckin' Football will be appearing on that feed as well. Um, so yeah, that's some business out of the way there. Um, so yeah, as I said, my guest this week is Stephen Waddle from Oath. I think it's Waddle. I'm going to go with Waddle. I wasn't sure whether it was Waddell or Waddle recently, but I'm going to go with Waddle. Um, and he's from Scotland, and he has the uh, Oath Project band uh, that he's been doing for the last couple of years. They have an EP out, and they also have a full-length album. And there's another full-length album coming very shortly called Computer Warrior. And uh, there is some interesting news about that, which I'll give you at the end of the podcast. I'm just glad that he called it um, Computer Warrior rather than uh, Weekend Warrior, which would be to name his new album after the worst Iron Maiden song of all time. Uh, When I did see the name, it kind of struck me as a, a cross between Computer God by Black Sabbath and Weekend Warrior by uh, Iron Maiden. But um, I think Computer Warrior is a great name, actually, because one of the songs is particularly about the type of person who is like a keyboard warrior, let's say, a person who's brave behind the anonymity of the Internet. But, um, you know, they say things and do things that they would never do in real life and in person. I think that's actually a great theme for a song and a great name for an album. And the artwork is outstanding. Uh, You can find that on Bandcamp. And I'll give you all those links at the end of the episode. I just want to say, yeah, it was a shame to see that um, Sean Connery passed away. I know that's nothing to do with heavy metal, but I really enjoyed Sean Connery as an actor, uh, especially in The Rock, the film, which I think is probably my favourite action film of all time. Uh, My favourite line, maybe from any film of all time, is, Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Yeah, so Sean Connery, uh, it's sad to see that he died, but he lived to a good age, he's 90 years old. Um, And one thing I didn't mention in previous episodes was the death of Eddie Van Halen, and maybe it was conspicuous by its absence, but it wasn't for any particular reason other than I was never a massive Van Halen fan, personally. That's not to take away what Eddie Van Halen did and achieved on the guitar. I know how influential he's been. Virtually everybody who was in a hard rock or heavy metal band from the 80s onwards cites Eddie Van Halen has an enormous influence. And I I realized that he was hugely influential and he changed the way guitar was played. But to me, I was never really interested in Van Halen. I I just didn't really think they had the songs. Um, I know, again, David Lee Roth is is hailed as a a great frontman, but I never I never saw Van Halen live. Um, They never really played over here in Ireland, I don't think. But uh, yeah, I, I just didn't really ever think they had the songs. Like, I, obviously from the, you know, there's the obvious songs like Running With The Devil, Jump, um, Ain't Talking About Love. But, like, I have tried to listen to Van Halen albums. I've listened to Diver Down. I listened to Van Halen, Van Halen 2, uh, Women and Children First. And to me, they just, I don't know, they never really had the songs. Uh, maybe it was David Lee Roth more so than Eddie. But I realise how influential he was and what a revolutionary guitarist he was. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, I wasn't not mentioning him on purpose. But to me, it was just, was it was a band that I was never really particularly interested in. I don't want to do, do a, a David Crosby and say meh to Eddie Van Halen. Uh, some of you will have seen that on Twitter where somebody asked David Crosby from Crosby, Stills and Nash. 
uh, what he thought about Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing and he just replied meh like M-E-H uh, and then he claimed later to firstly not have meant it as an insult and secondly to not have known that Eddie Van Halen had died uh, well you can draw any conclusions to those two statements that you want um, but moving on from that I had a point to make a about, oh yeah, Rob Halford. So I, I know I talk about Judas Priest a lot, but like they're one of my favorite bands and they're in the news a lot constantly, so why not talk about them? Um, Rob Halford has come out again saying that uh, he would be open to playing Tim Ripper Owens songs on future Judas Priest tours. And I don't know what it is about Rob Halford when he says that. He said it a few times. He said it when he was interviewed about the Epitaph tour, which was supposed to be Judas Priest's last tour in 2011. And he said it again since... And interviewers have asked him, you know, Tim Ripper owns, he did two albums with Judas Priest while you weren't in the band. Would you consider singing those songs live? And he said things to to the effect of like, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't play those songs. Or, yeah, it, of course it's a possibility that we might play those songs. He's never committed to it, though, but I just don't believe a word out of his mouth. Um, and specifically, I don't believe a word out of his mouth since I read the autobiography um confess where he has he confessed if you will to never having even listened to those albums and he mentioned that listening to a version of judas priest without him in it would simply be too painful to do um i don't know how out of just sheer blind curiosity you couldn't listen to the band that you've been with for 20 30 years when they got a new singer how you wouldn't just be blindly curious to what they sounded like or how you couldn't have accidentally heard a few of those songs uh, since what 1997 how long ago is that now what we're talking 23 years how you could like when when jugulator was out anyway demolition was about 2001 19 years ago um how you couldn't have just out of one blind curiosity or two pure circumstance have heard those songs or listened to them but he claims not to have and i don't know i just i just don't believe him when he says he's going to play them but it remains to be seen uh, judas priest were dragging out a lot of um deep cuts on their last tour, uh, songs they hadn't played for a long time, sometimes like as far back as uh, the Hellbent for Leather era, I think they, they were dragging songs out from that long ago, so I mean, you know, 38, 40 years ago. Um, so maybe, maybe, I would love personally to hear Rob Halford sing Cathedral Spires, I think that was the best song of the Ripper Owens era, and that is on Jugulator, which was out in 97. Unfortunately, Jugulator and Demolition aren't on any streaming services, so if you want to go and find them, you'll have to look up YouTube, or maybe you have the CDs or whatever, or you'll find some other method of listening to those, but uh, Cathedral Spires was the last song on Jugulator, and was quite different actually to the material on Jugulator, which was extremely heavy, um, but Cathedral Spires was a really nice epic melodic heavy metal song just put on the end of jugulator and to me it's it's the peak of the ripper owns era with judas priest so rob <clears throat> again if you're listening i'd love to hear you sing cathedral spires from jugulator if you're gonna sing a ripper owns song but you've hinted at a few times why not make it that one uh, moving on i think today the fourth well it's the fifth now the fourth of november is the 39th anniversary of the release of the black sabbath album mob rules and uh, as a point of trivia mob rules was actually the first black sabbath album i ever bought obviously that and the album that preceded it heaven and hell featured ronnie james dio as a vocalist rather than ozzy osbourne ozzy was uh, sacked in 79 and they replaced Ozzy with Ronnie James Dio, previously of the band Rainbow, and who would go on to obviously have the band Dio after he left Black Sabbath <clears throat> in the early 80s. Sorry, <clears throat> again, I've got a bit of a cough. Uh, probably not coronavirus, I don't think. My temperature is normal enough. Um, but yeah, Mob Rules was out 39 years ago, and what a fucking album that is. Uh, talk about guitar, uh, or Eddie Van Halen. The guitar on Mob Rules is fucking unbelievable uh specifically the song falling off the edge of the world i think that might be my favorite black sabbath song ever uh that might be sacrilege to some people to say that but there's a part the intro it's really slow dio singing really slow brooding kind of vocals and then it kind of dies down and iomi breaks into this riff and it's just hair on the back of your neck spine tinglingly fucking unbelievable uh, there's an excellent version of it on the Heaven and Hell live DVD that they did when they got back together under the name Heaven and Hell rather than Black Sabbath. Let's not go into that. But uh, Dio got back with Iomi, Vinnie Appice and uh, Geezer Butler around 2006 to do a few songs. And then 2007 they did a tour as Heaven and Hell and they played 
Falling Off the Edge of the World, along with all like loads of the other songs that they did. But if you can seek out that version, the live version, which was on that DVD, I think it was live at the Radio City Music Hall uh, in 2007. Have a look for it online. It's fucking unbelievable. But Mob Rules in general is a, is a fantastic album. And personally, uh, give me Dio era Black Sabbath over Ozzy era Black Sabbath any day of the week. Again, sacrilege, perhaps, to some people. But um, my first exposure to Black Sabbath, not the first album I bought, but my first exposure was a double CD best of album that my friend Kevin Daly uh, regularly mentioned and also featured in the first episode of Feckin' Metal. But I do regularly mention mention him on the podcast as uh, we influenced each other's musical tastes quite a lot over the years. But um, he bought a best of called... Uh, Curiously, the best of Black Sabbath, uh, but it was a, it was a two CD release in two thousand. I'd say it was around two thousand and two when he bought it, and I remember it, it was one of these that wasn't officially endorsed by the band, but it was released by, I think it might have been Sanctuary Music at the time, who had their back catalogue, as far as I remember, or maybe it was two thousand and what was it? it? Could have been two thousand and four. It was released two thousand and two or two thousand and four. Anyway. Double CD album called The Best of Black Sabbath. So it focused heavily on the Ozzy era. So first CD, virtually all from um, the debut album, Paranoid, Master Reality. Uh, then it moved on to um, Volume 4, a few songs from Sabotage, a couple of songs from Technical Ecstasy, a couple of songs from Never Say Die. Um, and sorry, there was some songs from uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath in there. Sorry, that's actually my favourite Ozzy era album. I can't believe I skipped that one. But uh, towards the end of CD2, then they tacked on three songs that were of non ozzy era. And they had Heaven and Hell, obviously, by the Dio lineup. And then uh, Turn Up the Night, also, uh, by the Dio era lineup. And then Zero to Hero, uh, by the Gillen, Ian Gillen lineup, which lasted only one album. Uh, that was a shocking inclusion for me uh, in later years when I came to know the Born Again album, there, there were several other songs that could have chosen over Zero of the Hero. But anyway, I remember back in the day getting to the end of CD2 and thinking, Jesus, this this Heaven and Hell song is, is unbelievable. Um, I think this is a different singer. Obviously, in my complete naivety, not knowing a fucking thing about uh, band singers, whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure I knew Ozzy was the singer of Black Sabbath, but beyond that, I hadn't got a notion. But I remember saying, Jesus, this Heaven and Hell song is great. Uh, I especially love the bit at the end where it gets really fast. And then Turn Up the Night comes on next. So I was like, this is fucking brilliant as well. And then Zero to Hero, not so much. But um, I went and investigated it, and I found out that Turn Up the Night was obviously from um, Mob Rules. So Mob Rules was the first Black Sabbath album I bought. Then I bought Heaven and Hell. Uh, and then I actually bought Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And then I got a few, a few more. Uh, master of reality whatever but uh dio's vocals and melodies and and the songs that they wrote with dio were always better in my opinion than where they went musically with ozzy and look i'm, I'm not stupid I, I realized that black sabbath set the blueprint for heavy metal with their debut album in 1970 and the, the follow-up paranoid as well um but like i don't know i i realize again like eddie van halen i realized how influential that music was uh Fucking everybody is inspired by Iommi. I know that. Like they inspired heavy metal, doom metal, whatever, um, everything. But to me, just personally, just listen from a listening perspective, I've always been more of a fan of the Dio era and a Dio era album actually that doesn't get much um, talk or people don't talk about too often is Dehumanizer, which was out in '92 when they reunited the lineup who did Mob Rules. Uh, so that was Dio. Uh, Keezer Butler, Iommi, and Vinnie Apice. Dehumanizer is another fantastic album. Uh, much heavier, much darker than Heaven and Hell or Mob Rules, but definitely worth your time. But yeah, uh, I just want to acknowledge the, uh, the anniversary of Mob Rules. And on that note, I'm going to play the song Mob Rules uh, from its eponymously titled album. <laughs> Nothing to 
so that was Mob Rules from Mob Rules uh, from 1981 and what a fucking great song and album that is um, I wanted to move on as well and just talk briefly about the band Stereo Nasty they came up in a conversation I had with Jerry Mulholland so they were an Irish metal band like a, a, a traditional heavy metal band that unfortunately stopped uh, back in early 2019 and it was unfortunate because there is virtually no other bands that I'm aware of anyway correct me if I'm wrong write in you know uh, tweet me whatever that sound like that that are certainly in the Republic of Ireland anyway at the moment and I think they stopped way too soon um, and it was really unfortunate but I actually was lucky enough to see them once at the Siege of Limerick back in uh, 2018 in October 2018 in Limerick and they were just fantastic they were one of the best bands of the weekend and they are still active on Bandcamp and they still have merchandise and music available for purchase but they're just not active as a band anymore but uh, just to kind of make you aware of them if you've never heard of them before if you've never listened to them maybe have a listen to them i'm going to play the song black widow it's off their debut album which is called nasty by nature which was out in 2015 uh, so this is stereo nasty a band from uh, kildare in ireland who are no longer active but had two excellent albums so they had nasty by nature in 2015 twisting the blade in 2017 and this is a song from nasty by nature called black widow
Okay, so that was Black Widow by Stereo Nasty, as I said. Traditional heavy metal band, and it's bloody unfortunate that they're not around anymore. Uh, maybe maybe something will happen in the future and they'll get back together, or, or maybe they'll be able to um, get over whatever issues they had at the time. Or maybe they won't, and they'll just go down as one of the bands who had two great albums and then stopped and never did anything again. But... um. I, I reckon you should check them out. Their songs are available on Bandcamp. They still have some merchandise available as well. Uh, one of the very few Irish metal bands from recent times who are playing that style of music. So that was Stereo Nasty. Uh, check them out if you're interested. Okay, uh, I've done social media. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say I have an official playlist for the Feckin' Metal podcast. Uh, let me just bring it up here on Spotify so I get the name right. It is called Feckin' Metal Podcast Official Playlist, uh, surprisingly enough. Um, but yeah, I feature songs on that that are from bands who I've had as guests on the podcast or music that's been discussed on the podcast as well um, or songs that I think you might like if you're a listener to this podcast and are within the same kind of um, genre or style as the music that's featured on the podcast. So have a look at that. That's on my own profile on Spotify. Unfortunately, no, <laughs> unfortunately, my profile is called Stuart Lee 223. Um, and that was a name that I created back in 2014 when I opened what I thought was a throwaway Spotify account. Um, but it became my actual official Spotify account when I decided to subscribe to Spotify. And unfortunately, you're not able to change your name, your username on Spotify, or at least you weren't the last time I checked, which was only a few months ago. Um, so I'm always going to be called Stuart Lee 223. Stuart Lee uh, is a comedian I was quite into at the time, an English comedian, and still probably my favourite comedian ever. Um, so that just came to me. I don't know. I was just thinking of some bullshit name for a throwaway account on some app I'd probably never use again. But there you go. I've been using it for six and a half years. Um, so again, just before we get to uh, Stephen Waddle. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, I wasn't sure about my guest for next week. Luckily, I do have a guest lined up next week. And, again, it's not recorded. It's not in the bag, so I don't want to say who it is. But I will say that it's a band that's been around since the early 1970s. So, this is uh, certainly the most kind of legacy act I've had on uh, Feckin' Metal so far. I will say I'm really looking forward to this interview. It's a band I've gotten into in the last couple of years. I have mentioned them on previous episodes and from my back and forth uh, interactions with the drummer of the band i think this is going to go well he seems to have a good sense of humor and we've we've already kind of hit it off a bit just on email so i'm hoping this goes really well so that's coming up next week which will be the uh what are we looking at now it'll be the 13th of november that's going up um and yeah, that's going to do it for heavy metal news, tidbits and ramblings. And I'm going to bring you to the interview I had with Stephen Waddle from Oath last week. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. That's coming up right now. Okay, so we have Stephen Waddle from Oath here with us today. Uh, the guitarist, singer, multi-instrumentalist, generally the whole fucking show in Oath. How are you doing, Stephen? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for joining me today. You're um, welcome. So, um... I say you're the whole show in, in Oath, but uh, that's obviously kind of changed recently. You've you've a new yeah, release coming soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've a new um, release yeah. coming soon, and you've you've enlisted the help of, of Trevor William Church from Haunt. Indeed, um, yeah. So yeah, it kind of came about. Well, me and Trevor kind of been like Facebook buddies for a while, um, and he's always kind of like he's given little kind of pointers to me about what I should be doing with Oath and stuff, and just like little bits of encouragement. And if I've needed a bit of advice, I've I've hit him up now and again, and we met at the, I don't know if you're familiar with the Brofest Festival in Newcastle. I am, I've never been, but I've wanted to go. Oh, you should go, it's, it's banging. Yeah. Um, but we went, so like, we've been just before lockdown, actually, February, just before the shit really hit the fan. Mm. Um, me and my buddy went down there, and Trevor, uh, Horton were headlining, no, they weren't headlining, but they were playing. Um, so I kind of hooked up with Trevor there and had a little chat with him and stuff. And then I put up a song, I was originally going to do a split EP with a couple of other bands. Just when the whole lockdown thing happened, it was like, well, it's, might as well do something yeah. to be productive. Um, so knuckled down and got two songs written, and that would have been end of June. Um, the other guys weren't quite ready, and I was kind of ready to go with them. So it was like, what am I going to do with them? What, what's the best kind of option? And I just sort of fired them up on Instagram, and Trev kind of jumped on it. He was like, this is really good. Um, 
And I was like, oh, cool, thanks, man. And then next minute, I knew he's, me- he's messaged me and said, it's a really good song, but the drums sound like shit. Because um, I used like digital drums. <laughs> and to be fair, I'm not, I'm not great at, pro- I mean, like a-, a drummer could probably not play what I program. It's ridiculous. Right, right. Um, so he was like, you need to let me play the drums on it. So I was like, fuck. Um, can I swear? Is that okay? Yeah, you can swear as much as yeah, you want. <laughs> sweet. Yeah, so I was like, fuck. Because um, <clears throat> um, I'm like a huge Haunt fan, big Haunt fan, big Beastmaker fan as well. So I'm kind of like a fanboy as well. Yeah. Um, like I buy all the records and shit. I'm, I'm deep into it. So just the fact that he'd reached out was pretty amazing to me anyway. And then it, it kind of just snowballed. Like it, it went from, cause Trev phoned and was like, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, well, I've got two songs, so maybe like put a seven inch, like a little cool seven inch single, purple vinyl or something cool like that. He was like, all right, cool, we can do that, but it's not going to be like particularly cost effective to do it and stuff. So that kind of snowballed into an EP. Um, so I was like, right, four songs, we'll bang out four songs. And the agreement was he was going to play drums on them. And then that grew to him producing it, mixing it, just doing the whole the whole shebang. Um, and then he kind of got busy because the flashback album came out. So he was dealing with like a ton of orders. So he was like, I'm, I need to deal with this just now. It's going to be a few weeks. So while he was doing that, I recorded another song. So I messaged him and I was like, I've got another song that I just recorded. Maybe five songs is an easier an easier sell than four. Maybe people have been more inclined to buy it. Um, so he was like, cool. And then he phoned me again. He was like, if you've got five songs, just just do eight. <laughs> Why not just do eight? I was like, fuck. Yeah. Every time Trev phones, he gives me something to do. It's cool. Um, so that was, oh, that was like October, I think. No, we're in October now. It would have been September. Um, so I just banged out, like, I had, luckily had some riffs kind of lying around and some ideas for songs. So it was just a case of putting them all together. Um, and right. into an album so we had eight songs and then that was us on the on the road very good yeah it's funny you mentioned that so you had five songs and he asked you to do an album I actually I spoke <laughs> to Trevor I was speaking to him on, on last week's episode but in real time I was speaking to him yesterday but by the time everything's up it's last week's episode um, but uh, he was saying like I was just saying what's the plan for the future and he was saying uh you know, I might try and stick to my plan of maybe do one album and one EP a year. And then he goes, although what the fuck is an EP anyway? Like, <laughs> I could shit yeah. out eight songs as soon as I could shit out four. <laughs> he's crazy prolific, man. I don't know how he, he, he just doesn't sleep. He's, he's insane. I know, yeah. It's, it's scary, actually. Scary stuff. Okay, so that's the album Computer Wire, which is coming yes. soon. But I might go back a few years, well, a couple of years anyway, just to, uh, for mm. the listener who might not be familiar with Oath and just start. Um, sure at uh, the band Tantrum, which, is that still a going concern, Tantrum? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, okay. we are still going. Um, singerless at the minute, so we're currently auditioning for singers. Um, so if anybody's listening that's a singer, <coughs> not me, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it. I've um, got okay. off my plate. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, we're singerless, but we're still going. So, okay. yeah. It's, it's, it's hard now to be a band band, um, you know, because we weren't able to go into a room together for months. Yeah. Um, so we're finally now getting to see if we can go back in our, our rehearsal studio and, and play at least. So that's that's something, but uh, it's been it's been hard that. And um, so you started around 2016 with Tantrum, and there was an album released in 2018. Is that right? Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, did you, did you ever get to the point where you were playing shows, or was it just? Uh, oh yeah, we yeah. Played everywhere. We were supporting bands come up to sort of Edinburgh, Glasgow. We would support. We opened for like Diamond Head. We opened for FF, We opened for Diamond Head twice. We opened for like Wolf Spain, they would come up and play. We opened for them. Um, Oliver Dawson Saxon, that kind of stuff. We played festivals, Wildfire Festival in Scotland, um, a couple of festivals down south and stuff. So, yeah, Newcastle, played a lot of gigs in Newcastle too, actually. Okay, so it was fun. So, yeah, we're a proper gigging band. I, I only found out about Tantrum recently. I, I started following you on Facebook there um, a few weeks mm. ago, maybe last month, and I was just doing a bit of research in advance of today, so I wasn't aware of that. So uh, some big enough acts there. You supported Diamond Head, Blaze Bailey, yeah. um, Oliver Dawson Saxon. I haven't heard that name mentioned in a long time. <laughs> yeah, man, they're they're great live. They're a really good band. Um, like if you ever get the chance to go yeah. and see them, really like. The singer uh, Brian sounds a lot like Biff. Like he yeah. really kind of nails it. So, but they're good fun, really nice guys too. Um, the myth of them loving tea is true. Okay, um, <laughs> it's a great, great story. When we were playing uh, the Wildfire Festival, we were watch. We we played the Wildfire Festival in Scotland um, early on in the day um, on the, like the, the Friday, I think. And I think they were headlining the Saturday, so 
by the time they were on, we'd, we'd had a few drinks. If you if you Google Oliver Dawson Sachs and Wildfire Festival, you'll see me jumping up and down like a Zebedee at the front, absolutely screaming. <laughs> I laughed um, it. It was a lot a lost weekend, but um, the guitar player from Tantrum Stu was stood at the side of the stage, uh, Graham Oliver's side. Mm. And sure enough, as soon as he came off, shit with his brother over and can get him a cup of tea. Wasn't even off the stage yet. It was like, nah, cup of tea straight away. Brilliant. Yeah. You, yeah, you do hear... Guys. You hear all those stories, all right, from like the the eighties and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. When they'd be touring with Metallica, and they're like, they're fucking drinking tea, man. Like, yeah, uh, but a hundred percent true. I thought Biff was a tea man as well, but I've seen a lot of pictures on the Saxon Facebook page now. Where he'd wine be, guy, he'd be drinking wine. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I assumed he was a teetotaler as well. Yeah, but um, maybe he's. I changed a bit. I don't know as he got older. Yeah. Great <laughs> stuff. Um, so, uh, so you had the band Tantrum obviously released an album with them. You were touring obviously a lot, like you've explained there. So what made you want to break off and do your own thing with Oath? Um, what was the, um, what inspired you to go and, and do something different or a solo project if you want? So it was when we were recording the album, uh, Melted Down, I think, I think I had done my guitar parts at that point, but kind of as we'd, as we'd written the, the songs, I kind of kept writing, but it was stuff that didn't really fit quite well. It wasn't far off Tantrum, but it didn't quite fit. Um, so as the guys were recording their parts, I just recorded this little four-track EP, uh, Legion. Yeah. And I literally just did it on my phone, did it on my iPhone, um, on GarageBand, sang into the phone, everything. Was really? Phone. Yeah, Tru- through a microphone or into the phones? No. Just shouted into the phone speaker. That's how that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, well, it was kind of a, I kind of set myself a challenge. I was like, right, what can you do with what you've got? And what, what I had was a Marshall, uh, like, solid state combo and a phone. Yeah. <laughs> that was all the gear I had. Because uh, all the rest of the gear was at the, the rehearsal studio and stuff. So it was like, what can I do in the house quickly? And it was kind of like a, little, a little punk rock project, and, and that's what came out of it. So Garage Band was a free download on the phone, and away we went. And this ended up on, on vinyl. <laughs> 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 that is unbelievable. I know, right? It's that's more, unbelievable. I, I didn't expect anyone to, to give a shit about it. I, it was done more for me, um, for a laugh, yeah. really. And yeah. then I thought... I think I put it up on Bandcamp first and then people started to send me emails saying they wanted to put out tapes and vinyl. I was like, fuck. Um, so quickly started to be, try and pretend to be professional about it and figure <laughs> out what the fuck I was supposed to be doing. So, yeah, it, and it just kind of grew arms and legs from there. It was Like I said, I was shocked when people, people liked it. The, the Northern Full Albums YouTube page put it yeah. up. Mm. I sent it to Anderson. And, like, I really credit that with kicking it off the most he's he does so much for bands um he just put watching it on youtube and like watching a lot of people put comments up and i was like fuck people actually like this it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um so that kind of yeah it just it snowballed from there and the, the, the whole kind of idea at the start was to get a kind of 80s garage band vibe anyway so i was shooting for lo-fi anyway yeah um, and I definitely achieved lo-fi. Um, <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> but that's, that's yeah, that's what people were digging. So yeah, yeah that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I've looked at that uh, channel a few times. The new wave of of traditional heavy metal full albums. Uh, it seems to be a huge promotional tool for um, like the underground of bands that are around at the moment. It really is. And you see, like the likes of Eternal Champion, their album's four years old, and it's still in the top five rated yeah. albums on the channel every month it's insane like um yeah it's mad but yeah that's so that obviously helped you quite a lot that's that's good uh so um yeah just looking at your kind of album artwork um to me like I'd, I'd seen the imagery i must have seen it on that youtube channel and maybe on facebook yeah. and was there at one point when that ep was on spotify or am i nah. no it was never on spotify no, nah, I'm not a okay. Spotify fan. Fair enough. <laughs> I must have seen it just on online somewhere then, because I was familiar with the imagery before I listened to it. So to me, just having a look at it, it seemed like it was kind of going to be like um, old school heavy metal sword and sorcery type of stuff. But that's not really what you write lyrics about. They're, they're much more about real life. and um, Yeah. Like, well, in t- at the start, it was kind of... I mean, on the Legion album, I, I had never... I hadn't written a lot of lyrics, to be honest. I'd written like half the Tantrum record. And that was kind of the first time I'd really written lyrics anyway. Um, and I had never sang before. Like, Legion was the first time I'd ever sang, heard myself sing. Yeah. Um, and the, the kind of songs, they, they weren't fantasy, but they weren't real life. They were, uh, you know, they were 
sort of based on history, stories, and myths and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it really changed on legacy, which the artwork, I did all the artwork up until that point. Um, and in, it, the legacy album, probably the, the artwork didn't really fit the lyrics. That's that's more what I'm thinking of, yeah. So like the the, yeah. the album artwork looks like something maybe from a Dio album in 1985. Or yeah. Something. But uh, but then the lyrics are like songs like Architect. Uh, I'm just going to look at the, the chorus there for a sec. So you said you are the architect of the life that you must lead. The one thing you must protect is the will to be free. Don't fall in with the crowd, stand alone, and you'll see the others will follow you. You're the architect of all your dreams. Is that an autobiographical piece about you? or No, what? actually, the, the, the songs... Pretty much all the songs on that record were actually kind of written as direct, um, like 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 letters to my kids. Actually, that was so that the architect was about my son Zach, who wasn't born at the time. So it was kind of me just writing like for when he's old enough to listen and to to read the lyrics. Like I'm talking to him directly, yeah. And it's kind of just like life advice. Like this is how you should, how I think you should live your life. Um, and that's the, the, there's a couple of other songs on there too that are relevant to my other two kids, Harry and Thomas. Um, it's, yeah, very directly as if, you know, when I'm dead and gone, they'll be able to listen to the album and be like, right, dad's talking to me. Right, that's that's a really nice uh, that's present present from. for the future for your kids. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but but uh, what I was going to say again is that so the the songs are much more like about real life situations. But the, yeah. the artwork, while brilliant, and certainly something that would draw me towards listening to the music, is um, it's just slightly different to what you'd expect the lyrical content to be. Maybe I think. Yeah, I think the new the new artwork which we had uh, Daniel Daniel Porter from uh, Pet Forge do. Who he does artwork for. Uh, everyone, man. Like, he did. He did the last haunt record, but he's he's done so many metal bands. Hmm. Um, if you follow him on Instagram at all, you'll just see like every underground metal bands had had Daniel do their artwork, and okay. it fits more with with the music. Definitely this one. The, it, the idea was mine, so I just kind of cobbled together a like a little clip art thing of the old computer and the switchblade, um, sent that to Daniel, and I was like, "That's that's what I want. You do your thing with it." And he came up with it, and yeah, it fits perfect. It's, the new record is very much real life. Um, I think, you know, in metal, there's we, there's a lot of sword and sorcery, there's a lot of fantasy, there's a lot of death and horror and sci-fi and stuff. And while all that's cool, it's not really my thing. Yeah. Um, I think if I was to sing about that kind of stuff, it would be fake. It would come across fake. Fair enough. I yeah. think you would spot, I think if you're like, dead into like fantasy not like, like eternal champion and oj for example you're talking about eternal champion jason's like written a book he's like yeah 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 that into he he is in that world um or you've got bands like throne of iron who are like dungeons and dragons guys that's their thing and they can write about it convincingly me doing it would just be stupid yeah it's yeah, not yeah. it's not in my it's not my thing so yeah lyrically it's the lyrics become a big deal for me but it's all real shit and this is probably the darkest record i've done lyrically um I, just looking around at the minute there's a lot of dark shit going on so yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there, there, there's a little bit of hope in there too i always try and inject a little bit of positivity in there as well but yeah this is a darker one so so let's talk about that for a second so it's called um well just for the, the cover for a second so it's like it's more modern looking than the previous two covers but it's yeah. still kind of retro that looks like a pc from from the 80s to me yes uh, that was the idea and was there any particular relevance uh, to that time period uh, or did you just like the look of it? No, it was the, the record was originally going to be called Caged, which is another okay. one of the songs. So we have, there's artwork for Caged that Daniel did as well. Right. Um, but we, Trevor decided that Computer Warrior was this amazing song and he loved it. And he was like, well, I think we maybe need to call the album that because this is a great song. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'm, and that kind of gave me a better, like, the, the reference point for it was uh, Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy. That was, that was the cover that first popped into my head when I heard Computer Warrior, you know, the guy with the, yeah, the know, screen yeah. and he yeah. got the hands over. So that was kind of my reference point for it. Okay. Um, and so the, the retro kind of 80s bit just came in with the, like the, you know, the, the typeface, the font that the Computer Warrior writing's in and stuff. 
Yeah, I love the typeface. Um, it's it's, it's, it's cool, scream, yeah. it's screams really cool. 80s as well. I was just wondering, uh, totally. you know, so the subject matter is obviously about people who are brave behind their computers and uh, sure say, say whatever they want anonymous, anonymously. But uh, mm-hmm. I was wondering, I, I was wondering, were you linking in the computer to a particular demographic of person who is a computer warrior, like somebody in their mid 30s or something like that? But, <laughs> no, no, I think actually, again, that one came from. Um, like my, my kids are kind of different ages. Uh, one's kind of just going into high school, um, so he he's kind of just getting into like Instagram and shit like that, um, navigating the world of social media. And there was like an inc- an incident where some kid in his class was kind of trolling him a little bit, and he didn't let it bother him, and he he dealt with it the way that I would advise him to deal with it, which is not the way the teachers advise you to deal with it. I should say, um, trolling him as in. Physically, physically assaulted him. No, 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 no. Trolling, like just oh, trolling. Just, sorry, like, trolling. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Little, little comments on on his Instagram page and stuff. Yeah. He dealt with it in his his own way in real life. Um, but it got me just thinking, like our kids are in this world now. Like they, there's no way you can't keep your kids off of social media and stuff. It's it's there. They're going to mm-hmm. be on it. And it's like if you, how many how these kids like when we were kids, you got picked on in school. It was fine. You got home and. You yeah. could you could forget about it. now they can't. There's no there's no respite. There's no let up. That that shit's on there twenty four seven. And that was what really inspired it. And then that kind of grew into just the whole thing. If like I think now as well, if you on Facebook, Instagram not so much. Instagram in my experience is a bit more positive. But Facebook is just so kind of just filled with negativity, just everywhere. It's just constant, and yeah. it's just you just wonder how these people can. Have how do they have the energy to put that much negativity into the world? Like change it and do something good with it. Like why are you, why are you putting that energy into that? But they do. So I write about it. Yeah, and I just I know that that's what that's about because you explained it on your Facebook page. So I've been enjoying the um, the updates recently where you go through the lyrics of, of the upcoming songs mm. on the album. So yeah, it does sound a bit dark, all right, based on the ones you've described so far. Um, there was another one called Mean Streets and another one called Cage, which you mentioned as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of just more about, not directly about where I live, but about kind of places like where I live, um, smaller towns, ex-mining towns, people would maybe consider a little bit rougher around the edges, and just like what life is like in these, these kind of places. Um, but again, that's not something that heavy metal bands talk about, really, you know, so... Not so much. Uh, no, nah, not so much. Um but I think, like lyrically, I'm inspired hugely by. Uh, uh, you're familiar with the band Marillion, I would. Yeah, I am. I am. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So Fish, uh, he actually lives like 15 minutes down the road from me. Oh, really? Um, so kind of a little local inspiration there as well. But his lyrics, just when I listen to his lyrics, they just blow my mind. Like, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm shooting for. He always like creates a picture in your mind of a place or or a time or a situation. He just he paints with words. Yeah. And I, I'll never get to that level, but that's that's who inspired me to write. I saw a little reference to a uh, script for a jester's tear on, on one of your posts a while back. You were like, so here mm-hmm. I am once more. I was like, ah, he, likes, he likes me really. Well, well picked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah. I love script for a jester's tear is an absolutely fantastic album. Um, uh, yeah. All the first stuff's gold. Yeah. And the, the misplaced childhood and the song Grendel that was out around the time of um, script for Jester's Tear as well. It's an absolute yeah. beast of a like song. A seven minute single. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Um, so that's the upcoming album computer warrior. Uh, we've talked about Trevor as well. Um, so I just noticed then between the first two releases, uh, the EP and then uh, legacy or Legion was the EP, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, and then Legacy was the full album. Uh, yes. There was a bit of a, a tempo shift in the song, so I, I found the songs on the mm. EP a bit slower, um, yep. a bit more like, um, I, I suppose, a bit more brooding or something like that, and then the uh, the full album was much, much more up-tempo. Is, like, is, can we expect a similar type of tempo from the new album, or is it a, a mixture of different things going on? You'll hear a bit of both. Okay. Um, really, there's... There's a couple of really quick, really quick thrashy kind of speed metally songs. Um, there's one that's maybe even two actually that are kind of doomy, kind of riffy. Um, and a couple of ones that are sort of straight up seventies kind of style hard rock. So there's there's a mixture of of all of that on there. Um, they don't all sound the same. That's that's for right. sure. There's there's de- definitely different styles on there. Okay, and you mentioned Tin Lizzy and. Um 
mm. a couple of other acts. But I know this is kind of a shit question because everybody asks it all the time. But also at the same time, you're kind of an up and coming act, so maybe maybe you haven't been asked it too many times. But who would who would your musical influences be? Like our main influences. Cool. Um, in terms of like guitar playing, it's gonna be like the so like Leslie, the classic Leslie lineup, uh, Brian Robertson, Scott Gorham. Hmm. They would be. I've always gravitated towards twin guitar bands, and to me, they're they're the best. I think they they just they nailed it. Um, I don't really think anyone's beaten them to that kind of twin lead guitar thing, and that's kind of the, that's the sound that I'm always striving to get on my records as well. It's really hard to get. Um, so then, uh, Maiden, uh, Priest, as well, um, the kind of early New Album bands, Angel Witch, Saxon, um, Diamond Head, Prey Mantis, Tigers Pantang, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's this, there's heavier stuff too. Um, you know, I, I listen to like a bit of death metal, a bit of doom as well. Kind of, I, I do kind of delve into more extreme. That that doesn't really come out in the music, I wouldn't say. Yeah. But in, I think in terms of the the way that I approach Oath. I'm probably more influenced by uh, kind of bands like, uh, well, like Fetid Zombie, which is the shirt I'm wearing just now. He's He was one of the big inf- inspirations for me, actually, because he's just like a one-man thing. Okay. He was the kind of first guy that I figured out, right, you can actually record without a drummer. This this is cool. You can you can make a heavy metal album with no drummer. It's cool. Mm. Um, so he was a big inspiration. Um, and Dark Throne as well, actually. That's, that's that kind of, you don't need a full band philosophy. Yeah. Um, so they were more inspirational than influential, probably you would say for those guys. But yeah, for in terms of musically influencing, that would be those kind of classic seventies, eighties guys. So down the line, then, so all, all, like most of the acts you mentioned are like four or five person uh, bands. Uh, do you see Oath playing gigs in the future with multiple people on stage <laughs> <laughs> with twin guitars? I, I get asked that all the time. Yeah. Ah. I don't know, man. Well, it's a, it's a moot point just now, anyway, because no one's going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it could happen. I think the thing with it is, it would be finding finding people, finding the right people. It wouldn't be like a band thing. It wouldn't be a democracy. It would be a my way or the highway kind of thing, and it, it would requ- it would require people that were okay with that. Yeah. Um, I think that would be the that'd probably be the tricky part. It probably will happen at some point. It's it's probably inevitable. I would imagine. Um, I'm putting it off as long as, long as I can, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably get there at some point. Somebody will have to make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, <laughs> money. <laughs> I generally, not going to refuse that. So yeah, if someone offers me some money, I'll do it. Not a lot of money either. I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> okay, uh, just a couple more quick questions there. So I noticed you changed the logo there recently. Uh, it's more yeah. symmetrical looking. Was there any particular reason because of that, or you did that? Or? Yeah, it was a bitch to put artwork on with it <laughs> okay okay um because the way that there was like a sword going through the o yeah um which looked cool but when you tried to put it in the middle of an album cover it wouldn't fit so you always had to put it oh you notice the two the first two records off to the side yeah, yeah um and it was a pain in the arse for t-shirts as well okay um because it just would never sit where you wanted it to sit so it was a pra- practical reason really <laughs> other than the looks but then i think because we were going like Everything with the Computer Warrior albums, a step up from what I've done before. So it was like, if we're going to step up with everything, we should probably get the logo done properly. Yeah. And as Daniel was doing the artwork, it was just a case of, right, knock us up a little logo as well. Keep the idea the same, but just tidy up a little bit. So we okay. can do that for us too, and it, it works a lot better. It, do, it, it looks nicer, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine it on a t-shirt better. Are there t-shirts coming with the new artwork for the new yes. album? Yes. Yeah, Daniel's working on that as we speak. So there'll be, I think we're going to do like a, bun, like a diehard bundle deal. Oh, yeah. So you'll get the vinyl, a t-shirt, and a patch as a I, kind of a little bundle deal. So yeah, there'll definitely be shirts. Cool ex- shirts. Excellent stuff. Uh, and then also, I, I noticed you're now called Oath SC, although I didn't see any announcement yeah. for that. Uh, no, I snuck that one in. Yeah, <laughs> You know, I think me and Trevor were just talk, talking, and like I, I kind of there, there's a lot of oaths, yeah. And there's a lot of bands with the same name, of course. But I think the the thing that happened with Idle Hand recently kind of was sticking in our minds a little bit, and we were like, we don't want to do all this work and then have somebody say, well, you can't use the name. Um. So it was just a little. The, the SC just stands for Scotland. Nothing. I, more. I thought as much. Yeah. I, was, I, I didn't want to put UK. <laughs> I did have UK in there. I was like, nah, fuck that, man. 
Scottish and fuck that. Um, yeah. So we put, uh, we put the old Scotland in there. So I was asking this on a, pre- a previous episode with another guest. Um, do you Did you go and copyright that then or are you just nah. assuming that it's grand? And it's We're fine? just hoping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's hard to, I mean, it's, it's hard to copyright a name. And even if you do copyright it, it's not guaranteed. So you're, you're kind of just, you're hoping that nobody, but, you know, if somebody has copyrighted it, then you're, you're kind of fucked a little bit, but hopefully so we'll be okay with OFSC. You're hoping nobody objects and you can just... Yeah. Play. But presumably, though, if you did get really big, let's imagine, all the other oats would probably come. There'd probably be a class action lawsuit of all the oats or something like that. Ah, no, I, I don't think I'll be getting that big, so I think we're all right. <laughs> I'll well, be affording a lawyer, that's for sure. Okay. Um, okay, that's finally, I noticed that you're quite active on social media, uh, quite responsive, actually. Um, yes. So is that something you picked up from other bands you interact with, or is that just a personal choice? Because I, I've noticed you, you, you reply to pretty much everything anyone posts, and that's rare. Well, um, again, Trevor does that. Trevor yeah. was the first person that I was aware of doing that. When I started getting into Haunt, he would put up little posts, and whenever I put something up, he would reply. Um, which I was like, holy shit! Like that, I'd never really seen that before. No other bands, had, like you say, had, that I'd ever seen had ever really taken that approach. Um, yeah. And if you, you know, Trevor's super interactive with his fans. He does everything himself as well, so he's he's, he's mailing things out himself too. So he's got a real connection with the fans, and that was kind of what inspired me to do it as well. And it, it works, I man. If people, if you're actually taking the time to engage with people, they're going to be more likely to to want to follow you and and be a bit more loyal to you as a, as a band, I think as well. So, and, and I just, I like, I like speaking to people. I like having a little chat with people, seeing what they're into and what they like about the band. And it, you know, it gives me ideas to how, how I'm going to move forward and things that I need to focus more on, like, and things that they want, you know, if you want to know what a fan wants to, to buy from you, ask them. Sure. Definitely. It's really simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just flat out ask them. I've noticed a lot more bands nowadays. Uh, well, people have upped their merch game, I think, anyway, across the board, especially for yeah. kind of more underground bands because uh, the platforms are there to just sell directly. But I've noticed people just flat out asking, like, would you buy a hoodie? Do you, do yeah. you want a mug? That type of stuff. Like, uh, But that's really valuable kind of market research. Direct yeah, it's, but you can go direct. I mean, Bandcamp's great for that as well because when you're selling the merch on there, you're getting the, the lion's share of the money as well. Um, so I, you, you don't want to invest in a bunch of merch that nobody's going to buy. So Yeah, of course. Then you, yeah. you really are left holding the baby at that point. And there's not a lot of money in this as it is, so you don't want to be spending money yeah, you don't have. of course. Great stuff. Look, uh, thanks a million, Stephen, for doing this. I really appreciate it. So uh, exciting things coming down the line with Computer Warrior and any new sure. uh, merch and whatever that might be associated with that. Maybe one day in the distant future, we'll see Oat on a stage somewhere, maybe at Brofest, uh, playing alongside That would be Aunt cool. <laughs> or something if, like that. If they, if they want to um, pay me the money, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Look, thanks a million for doing that. Anytime, bro. Okay, so that was Stephen Waddle from Oath, and Oath has a new release coming, as we mentioned on the uh, podcast there, called uh, Computer Warrior, and that's actually available for pre-order today. So today, as this is released, not as this is recorded, but uh, Computer Warrior should be available today. He has multiple different packages available on Bandcamp. Uh, If you look up Oath SC on Facebook, as mentioned on the podcast, he's calling himself Oath SC now for Oath Scotland. Uh, and if you're looking up Bandcamp on the web, it's Oath1, and that's the digit one. So O A T H digit one dot bandcamp.com. You'll find all the information about Oath there. And if you're just looking up the Oath app, uh, or sorry, if you're looking up the Bandcamp app, um, if you're looking up the Bandcamp app, it's Oath SC on Bandcamp as well. Um, so there's various different packages that should be available today. There's a Die Hard package, which has a t-shirt, uh, a vinyl album, and a patch, and there's a couple of other different uh, offers available there as well. I think the artwork I think the artwork is absolutely fantastic, and it's something that I definitely need to own on a t-shirt. Um, I'd just like to say I really enjoyed that chat with Stephen, uh, especially enjoyed just talking to him about how he home produced his first EP um, and uh, everything that went along with it, including singing vocals into the uh, into his mobile phone. That, that was brilliant. Just brilliant that the, the reach that that can get, you know, home recording uh songs on your mobile phone and then releasing them as a vinyl EP and then releasing a full album and then having an album produced by Church Recordings um, 
what what a long way uh, Stephen has come in, in just a couple of years and fair fucks to him and I hope he keeps doing what he's doing I'm really looking forward to hearing the new Oath full length album uh, and I really want to own that fucking t-shirt so I think I'll be ordering the Die Hard pack myself uh, today slash tomorrow slash you know it's going to be released on the uh, the 6th so today um so that's uh, Oath, and that's this week's episode in the bag. I look forward to speaking to you next week again. On Twitter, it's at Metalcast. On Facebook, it's at FeckinCheckin. Uh, and on uh, email, you can contact me at FeckinMetal at gmail.com. So if you want to talk to me about anything like that, please get in touch. There's a bit of banter going on on Twitter at the moment, back and forth with a few different people. Join in. Uh, have a, have a chat with me on Twitter. You know, my DMs are open as well. You can suggest bands to me if you want uh, that you think I should cover, should contact, should know about. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm just a fan. I know about some bands from the past. I know about some current bands. I don't know all the bands by any stretch. So feel free to recommend stuff to me as well. Um, but that's going to do it for this week. Next week, as I said, I have a drummer from a band who is, um, or who, who have been around since uh, the early 70s. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that episode and that recording and just before we go i'm going to play you out with an oath song so this is the song called legion from the self-titled ep that was released in 2018 so thank you very much for listening and i will see you next week Just